Hey guys, I've noticed lately in the homeschool movement that there have been two big doctrines that have sprung their ugly heads, and one being Hebrew roots and the other one being Calvinism. Today, we're going to talk about Calvinism and the five reasons why I am not a Calvinist. We talk about the church, family, theology, and even entertainment. In fact, if it's Christian, we're talking about it. This is the Mike Charleston Show. Welcome to the Mike Charleston Show. What is up? I am Mike Charleston, and today we are short one person. Yeah, Chuck is I'm, not with us today. I'm missing my buddy. That's right. No, no Chuck today. I don't. I, I don't even know where the all sound is, but uh, it moved it. But we are. T- we have Sarah on the left here. Hello, everybody. She's in the chick chair, and we do have Larry Hi. here. I'm back. Yeah, I'm still here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still here. Yeah. yeah. I can't find that. We just had Larry. that one. There we go. Yeah, there's Larry. So we just moved oh. all those things around there. That was way <laughs> too late there, Joshua. But, uh, <laughs> we finally got it. So anyway, you know, last week we talked about making choices in life and how important they can be. And we thought that that would be a good segue into this topic yeah. that we're talking about. The uh, But like I was saying in the intro there, the um, in the homeschool move, we've been homeschooling our kids for their whole lives. <laughs> so but over 20 years. And in the 20 years, I've noticed a lot of the keynote speakers. I've noticed a lot of uh, people that are kind of big wigs in the the homeschool movement. There seems to be a trend going one way, and it is Calvinism. There's a lot of Reformed theology going on in in the uh, homeschool movement, and I am not one of those. And uh, so it feels like when you talk about this, people get offended, which we'll talk about that. My five reasons why I am not a Calvinist in the fifth one is the funny one. But it's these are legitimate issues. And I just want to say up front that that I am neither a Calvinist or an Arminian. Right. That's good. Good to clarify that because most people associate one without the other. Right. If they, you're not one, you're the other. That, that's, that's what those people assume, right? And and so I just want to get that out there. I'm a Bible believer, and um, do I? Do, are there some parts of Calvinism that I like? Uh, probably not. Um, <laughs> are there some parts of Arminian? But probably not. Actually, as we were reading about uh, Arminianism uh, this week a little bit, I found out it's very much like Calvinism. Yeah, it's very much like Calvinism. So anyway. Um, we're gonna get, we're gonna talk about first, but some people might be saying, "What in the world is Calvinism?" Yeah. So let's tiptoe through the tulip. Yes, tiptoe <laughs> through the tulips. So uh, the basic understanding of Calvinism. Calvinism is a very broad subject, right. to be fair. But they they like to narrow it down into tulips is the latest thing. They like to add an S at the end. Oh, really? Yeah, sovereignty of God. Oh, yeah. But okay, the, yeah. Um, the 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 tulip, so you do have, uh, it's an easy thing to remember, you have tulip, uh, T-U-L-I-P. Now, the T is uh, stands for totally total depravity. Yep. The U is unconditional election. The L is limited atonement. The I stands for irresistible grace. And the P is the preservation of the saints or perseverance of right. the saints. And the S would be the sovereignty of God yeah. if they add the S on there. But the um, those, those are the five points of Calvinism. You might hear someone say they're a four-point Calvinist, five-point, yeah. three-point, two-point, one-point Calvinist. I'm a zero-point Calvinist. You're a zero-point yeah, Calvinist. Um, You're a zero-point. Chuck, I don't know what he is. I think he's a zero-point Calvinist. I, maybe. Yeah, it's I not think so. that because he's a Calvinist, that's why he's not on the show. Um, <laughs> no. no, but he... Uh, uh, he actually had he couldn't make it today, but anyways, the um, 
So we're going to, you know, th- those those five total depravity, unconditional election, irresistible, limited atonement, is irresistible grace, preservation of states, uh, that basically um, sums up Calvinism in a nutshell. Right. And honestly, if you believe one of them, you might as well believe all of right. them. Right, yeah. It's actually, yeah. Make, it's, it's, it's very logical in their, uh, in their understanding of it. Right. Like, yeah. if you are totally depraved, then you can do nothing of yourself. You can't save yourself. Now, we would not say we're totally depraved. Uh, we would say we're depraved. Right. It's more of the adjectives they add to these things right. that make it unbiblical. Yeah, well, so, like, I heard a guy once talking about this, and uh, it was, I think it was Walter Martin, but he was like, just, if you take a ruler, a ruler is straight, or a straight edge, uh, what do you call it, uh, level. level. And if the level gets off just a little, yeah. it's depraved. They, they would use that term, like, right. it's, it's yeah. not straight anymore, and and it's depraved, and it has to, it, even just one degree. Yeah, doesn't have to be totally depraved, right. and that's where the 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 uh, Calvinists I think go off there is that they insist that it has to be total depravity, not just one sin makes you depraved, right? Yeah, because Adam and Eve in the garden. Yeah, Adam and Eve had no sinful nature. Right, they're born perfect and they still sin, and they weren't totally depraved. No, not they, at all. I think even after they sinned, they still wanted to seek God. Right. Well, but, that's the that's the T. Total depravity, unconditional yeah. election. This is the one where a lot of people choke on. Uh, yeah, this they one it like. doesn't uh, taste very well in the mouth when you say. No, well, they say that God chooses, He elects those to be saved, which means that He's going to have to elect those right. to go to hell. Which some some of the Calvinists would say, well, that's double predestination. He doesn't actually choose those to go to hell. I'm like, well, actually, he does. He right. has to because if He's choosing some to be saved. Then, then he's got to choose the rest to go to hell. Yeah, if he has the, the power to go. save them and he chooses not to, he's yeah. choosing not to. Which would make sense that the atonement is limited then, if it's only well, yeah, for the believers. A, most people, if they say they're like a three-point Calvinist, right. they'll this leave out yep. li- this one, limited atonement. Which, because, honestly, well, why? You know, I know it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> if, uh, Uncon- uh, I mean, then the, the I, irresistible grace. Obviously, if you can't do anything, God's going to choose you. You can't resist it. You're going to, once God deposits the faith in you, you're going to believe. Yeah, you have no choice. Right, and you yeah. can only believe when he deposits that right. grace. So right. if I wasn't one that got that deposit of grace, then I don't have an opportunity to be saved. Right. And then you have the P, the, the preser- perseverance. Uh, perseverance of the saints, which means obviously you're going to persevere to the end because you only know if you're saved if you, you persevere. And that one's a tricky one because Calvin himself knew that in the parable of the sower and the seed, the, uh, yeah. there, there were people who sprung up as yeah. if they had gotten saved. Right. And he comes up with a bizarre answer oh, yeah. for that one. And anyway, so those are that's that's just a very basic sum. Look, this this is a this is a show. Right. You know, yeah, we like to not. we like to have fun. Yeah, yeah. okay, right. <laughs> and uh, but that's a serious topic yeah, here. It is, yeah. And um, if you want to go deeper into this, you can. And uh, there, you can go to. I, I would suggest going to Soteriology One Hundred and One with Leighton Flowers. And he does a very very good job yeah. of covering this subject. Um, if you want to see the other side. Uh, <laughs> the other side of Calvinism. Uh, it's a good book. It's a light reading. You know, well, that I don't actually know. attacks Calvinism. But if yeah. you want the other side, you could look up James White. But uh, why go to the wrong side? Uh, so anyway, the and here's the other misconception that we have of Calvinism and Arminianism. So when I was growing up, um, even in Bible college for a while, the only thing I really understood about Calvinists as opposed to Arminian was that Calvin, if you are Calvinist, you believe that you couldn't lose your salvation. Right. Yeah. 
an Arminian, you could lose your salvation. That was the very basic. And that is so far, you know, I mean, there is some truth to it, but honestly, uh, you you can be someone like us who are... Uh, very confident in our salvation. We're sure yeah. in our salvation, and uh, but I would not call myself a Calvinist at all. No. You know, yeah. so I don't believe I'm going to lose my salvation <laughs> uh, based on what I do. But, I have to get saved all over again, right? I, I don't necessarily <laughs> believe that, but that's a whole other subject yeah. for for another day. So. Without further ado, I guess we could go ahead and Joshua, you can cue that up. The top five. <laughs> Number one, here's number one reason why I am not a Calvinist, and that is it's against God's character. Now, we're going to camp out on this one a little bit because I think this is the most important one, that I have a very high respect for God. Now, the Calvinists would say the same thing, right? Yeah. Well, in fact, they would say it's—we're kind of jumping ahead, but— God is sovereign, and and you are taking away from His sovereignty. Right, and, and that's that's how they would start every conversation. Right. Yeah. Is God sovereign? Well, uh, it's not really in the notes here, but let's just talk about that real yeah, quick so. here. Uh, sovereignty in the Bible is not in the King James Bible. No, uh, the, uh, the idea is in there, and I get it. But here's what the problem is: if you look up in the dictionary, sovereignty. Right. If we use sovereignty in normal life, you know. We understand how what it means. Like yeah. I'm a sovereign human being. America is a sovereign country. Basically, right. that it, American can rule as it sees fit. Right. right. So we're saying God is sovereign. He can rule as he sees fit. He's self-sustaining. Yeah. He can. He can, he makes the rules. Basically, right. does not mean he controls all the subjects. No. It, in fact, it, in when Adam sinned, did that take away from God's sovereignty? No, well, they would say that he made God. I mean, he well, made, yeah, God made Adam sin in, in that scenario, but well, right. That goes back to the character issue. So now it becomes, well, who's the originator of evil? Well, we're jumping way ahead I now. Know, I, I know, we are jumping way ahead. A little teaser there yes. where, where we're going. But let's go back. Okay, so the um, against God's character. So number one, you know, a part of this for God's character is his love. Right. We know that God is love, right? Yep. He has a love for all, which is John three sixteen. Yeah. Yep. Which, which says, we all know for God to love the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now, I'm not doing injustice to the Calvinists because if you study Calvinism, they will say this and they're quite blatant about it. And they say, well, it doesn't act, the world doesn't mean the world there. Right. It means the elect yeah. for God so love the elect. So when they go out <laughs> witnessing, do they, they do not say to sinners that God loved, do you know that God loves you? Yeah. Because they don't believe that. Yeah, they don't know. That, right. Yeah. If you're if you're one of the elect, he does. Yeah. But he hates everybody else. And that's that's, that's what they'll say. Yeah. And uh, you know you're one of the elect if you're saved. Yeah. Right. Right. And you're saved because you're one of the elect. Well, that much. clears yeah. up everything. That's, yes. That's, clear as, <laughs> Clear as the Mississippi River. <laughs> Truly, you have a dizzying intellect. <laughs> yes, in, in, indeed. So we know that God is love, and He loves all. John three sixteen. What about First John four eight? It says He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. So the point there, God is love. Right. We know this. That 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 is His nature. So to say that, you know, that uh, He doesn't love the whole world. That that's impugning on God that his character is it's it's challenging his character yeah, of is he a really a loving God or is he is he um, what's the word I'm looking for is he two faced basically right yeah well we you mentioned earlier about the um, 
uh, which one was it we were talking about? Unconditional election, how God elected some to be saved and some not to by default. Right. Well, then that means he created a lot of people that he would just condemn to hell. Yeah, then they would say for his good pleasure. And how is that love? That doesn't make any right. sense. Right. It, it just doesn't make sense. And um, yeah, his love, so his love would want the whole world saved. Right. But yet it's not happening. His will even is that they would all be saved. I, I was going to say, yeah, because it says God's not willing that any should perish. Right. But that all should come to repentance. So his love, He how does God demonstrate his love? That he sent his Jesus only. to the earth to die for our sins, right. Right. for all of us. For all of us. Right, That's, he, that is love. Yeah. Uh, and so that is why he sent, you know, and they would have to justify it by saying, well, that's just for the elect. And no, 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 it says the whole yeah, world. Well, and how do you read that into it, that it's just for the elect? Because you're a Calvinist. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> and you, a little bias there? Yeah, just a little <laughs> bit. So, um, and, and, and so the, the second point under number one, part B, I guess, one of the other character things that it attacks I believe is is justice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, is justice in Second Peter three nine? Why don't you go ahead and read that? It says the Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So, what we just we're talking about that right. He would wish that does it say wish? But He was He's willing, willing. That, like, willing. Right, willing yeah. that all should not perish. Right, and and yet. Uh, so his justice, he demands that justice take place. Right. So people that sin have to be held accountable. Now, God, in his mercy and grace, sent the cure yeah. he, for those that believe. Right. It's, it's, it's an, uh, how does Romans put it? It's uh, upon all, but on, uh, it's on, uh, it's, uh, oh, I, I, we should have had that verse written out. Uh, it's only upon all that believe. It's, right. it's for all, but it's a point. I think you do have that later on um, in, well, in Romans 3. If we're going to stand before God as a judge, like you would in a courtroom, and you're kind of have an opportunity to defend yourself, if it was me, I would be standing up there, I would say, it's not my fault. Right. You created me this way. Right. I could not do anything other. You created me totally depraved, and then... You didn't elect me to salvation, so therefore, how can you condemn me to hell for right. something I never asked for? I didn't ask to be born. It happened, and right. now so you it's, make me do something, and yeah, then you so, punish me because I did that. Yeah, right, exactly. That's, and what father's going to do that to his kid? That if I say, "Hey, don't touch that widget on right. the floor," and the kid doesn't, and then I punish him for that, and he's like, "Well, you told me not to," and yeah, I'm like, exactly. "Well, yeah, well, you, I really wanted you to." Yeah. Or you know, do that, this, and then they do it, and then I punish him for it. It's a schizophrenic god. Yeah, it, that's not know. justice. That's tyranny. Yeah. And a bully. Right. No, it, it's it's crazy. Yeah. It's and, cra- and yeah. so, uh, so that's B uh, is the justice. Okay, and then Romans three twenty three. It's right here, right? Right. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So the in Romans three, the, see here's the problem here. Romans three, we like to use Romans three twenty three for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Right. Uh, you didn't write the other verses before and after here, but if you if you look at those, it, it's a, a pretty interesting passage here. So he spends all of chapter one and two right. and three, yeah. but mainly one and two, declaring that we're sinners. Yeah. Now he didn't just say 
you are born a sinner. Right. right. Paul could have done or that. Or you have a sinful nature. Right. Yeah. He could have just said, hey, God created you a sinner. Yeah. That would have been the time. problem. Yeah. That, that would have been the time to do it. Right. And he doesn't. He, he, he goes through and, and names all their actions that they have done, trying to convince them of their deeds and why they're sinners. Mm-hmm. He didn't just say, ah, you're born a sinner. Well, like, it started in chapter one. I think it's verse 18, where he said that they hold the truth in unrighteousness. Right. So mm-hmm. they have some kind of knowledge yeah. and they don't obey it. Yep. And and then they commit all these sins. He, at the very end of Romans 1, he has these these sins. And then he goes into chapter 2 where he talks about, oh, man, yeah. you know, he's talking to them. Then he goes to the Jew. Oh, you think you have the law, yeah, you... and uh, but you don't keep the law. And uh, so then in 3, he comes in here and says, all have for all have sinned. So we're thinking, oh, this is the perfect verse when you go out witnessing and saying, oh, see, you're a sinner. That's not the point of this verse. The The point of the verse is the cure. So right. he says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And I wish I had the rest of the verse there. Uh, if we had a real Bible over here, we could look it up <laughs> real quick. But I, I wanted to go the one before and one after. Um, you know, it's talking about the cure is for all because all have sinned. That Therefore, the cure is for all. It's not just for a few people. It's not just for the Jews. It's right. not just for whatever. It's because everyone's in the same boat. Because Paul spent the, the whole three chapters convincing everyone they're under sin, whether you're a Jew or a Gentile or just whatever, you you are un, under sin. Okay. What, There's what, 320 you, right there. 320 says, uh, therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of the law the righteousness of God without the law is manifest, being Jesus, uh, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all that believe. That's the one I was trying to uh, to get before. So it's unto all, yeah. but it's only upon all that believe. Uh, for there is no difference. For there's no difference between the Jew, the Gentile, everybody. It's all by faith. And he says, for all have sinned. Everyone out there has has failed. And so the cure is for all. And that's where the Calvinists fail. They're like, no, 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 no. It's only for the the few. No, no, no. The the cure is for all because we're all sinners. We're all in the same boat. So that is, uh, to me, it goes against his justice. Yeah. Uh, What about, C? you were talking about this one. Yeah. He's the creator of sin. He has to be the creator of sin. Yeah. If if Calvinism is true, then he's the creator of evil. Yeah. And for his good pleasure— he likes to see people get abortions. He yeah, likes to which, see murder and yeah. mayhem. It, it it's baffling to me how people can hold that theory. It's it's because it doesn't make any sense. Now, God, you're saying on one hand, God is just, God is good, but yet he one, he's creating people to damn them to hell. Right. And then two, he's creating them in a way that they can't do anything other than be depraved. They can't help themselves. And he's the one who created the evil in the first place. I'm like, well, that doesn't make any sense at it's all. Weird. Right. <laughs> so who's the good guy in the story? Yeah, I mean, I know, my goodness. Like, <laughs> so in Romans 6, 1... Well, wait, uh, who are you to take away the sovereignty of God? <laughs> right. Well, so 6, 1 would... Um, let me see if I could... You, you, you know 6, 1 off the top of your head. Romans what, 6, 1. What shall we say then? Right. Shall, shall we continue, continue in sin, sin that, that grace God, may abound? Right. So God grace may abound? God forbid. Yeah. So should we continue on sinning? No. no. God doesn't <laughs> like sin. Yeah. You know, he actually paid the penalty for sin. He sent his son for sin. He, he doesn't like sin. And yet, they would say he created sin. He created, yeah. he, he made Adam do the very thing that God hates. Yeah. He made all these people do the thing that he now, hates. It doesn't make any sense. Now, I will say, some Calvinists say that Adam was the only man to have a true free will. Okay, and he failed? 
and then he failed, and after that, now we're all we had no choice. We had no choice. Okay, well, whatever. Uh, yeah, it gets kind of. There is no <laughs> way. <laughs> yeah, that's the what is that the infralapsitarian view? Oh uh, wow! Okay, yeah. that's they, a big so. word. That's the other thing. These Calvinists like to come up with all kinds yeah, of different right. wills. Yeah, they like to come up with all different kind of terms and yeah, make themselves a, feel smart and superlapsitarian infralapsitarianism. Yes, change the meaning of words like all. Right. It's like oh well, that all is not. All, right. all, all. All That's doesn't mean all. All means right. some. It isn't a word. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. It means what you think it means. And, and sovereignty, they change the, they mean that God, when he's sovereign, not only does he rule how he wants to, that means he has to control every aspect right. of everything, which is the problem here. This is where he becomes the creator of sin. So, like, I was listening to Wretched Radio, and, and I don't mind Wretched Radio, but he's a Calvinist, yeah. and he actually was saying this out loud and and uh, Todd Friel was saying that um you know how I know it's God's will cuz it happened and and I'm like this is absurd you know wow. this is ridiculous uh and so D under we're still under number 1 uh is two-faced he tells people to do something they cannot do right what you think of like in the book of was it Joshua how does it start out in the beginning of Joshua chapter 1 I think it might choose you this day or yeah. no that's, no, that's, uh, that's at the, the end right yeah yeah, at the end, when Josh was kind of at the end of his ministry, they're in the promised land, and he says, choose you this day whom you will serve. But they can't. Right. I, I know it doesn't make any sense. It's like, well, Unless how would he- God it- deposits faith for them to believe, and you know, it's just... So Mark, 5, Mark 1, 15 says what? And saying, the time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. So he tells them to repent. But, but they don't believe that they can unless God gives them the faith to, to, to repent. Yeah. And so but throughout the Old Testament, there's plenty of times he wants them to do something and they don't. Well, that's yeah. a two, that's a, that's a, a two-faced person when, you know, or a schizophrenic God where right. he's like, hey, don't do this. And then, you know, but then they, they can't do anything about I it. I know. It's like, well, Moses, and, and I think it's Deuteronomy, he goes through these sermons and he says, you know, if, if you follow God, these blessings. Blessings will come upon you. If right. you don't, these cursings will come upon you. So there's obviously two paths they could have taken. Right. I, I think, but if there was no other choice, why even write that? That right. doesn't make any sense. No, it, it doesn't make any sense, that's, and that's the problem with uh, with Calvinism. It does have a heady sense because you read a lot of books and, right. and you read a lot of theology, and it's dead. It's well, just straight yeah. up dead. That's what it is. Uh, Calvinism has done a great job of coming across as being very intellectual. Yep. But it's when you think when you look at it logically, it's really dumb. <laughs> it, it doesn't make it puts God in a looks makes God look really bad. It, yeah. So yeah. now the second one here, the second point, number two, number number two here is uh, now I'm not trying to be silly here. I'm not <laughs> trying to be uh, you know making fun of them. But I think this needs to be said. I am not a Calvinist because I am a Christian. Yeah. I'm a Bible believer. Now, by saying that, I'm not saying Calvinists aren't Christians, <laughs> but I am not a Calvinist. I right. am not a Arminian. I am not a Lutheran. I'm not a whatever person right. you want to say that I'm following. I'm, a, I'm not a Pauline. I'm right. not a Peter Cephas guy. You know, kind of like we talked a couple uh, weeks ago about I'm a Paul, Paul right. Cephas. Yeah. I'm of Christ. Right. I want to follow Christ. I want to follow the Bible. I'm a Bible believer. I'm a Christian. I don't follow a man. I don't follow... Calvin was infallible, and when right. you read some of his writings, he was not right. right. Yeah, he had some issues. Yeah, he came up with some weird, weird things. Well, 
we can have our a, fi- a favorite Bible teacher. Yeah, it's someone we like to listen to and we learn a lot from them. Right, and that's biblical because God gave men the gift of teaching to help the church. Sure. However, they're still a man, right. and they're subject to they're, they can fall. So we can enjoy that. We can learn a lot from them, but. That's where we have to have a, a final authority. Yep. And that as Christians, it has to Scripture. be the Bible. Well, and, and even Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. Right. And so people are like, see, it's all right to follow a man. And I'm like, in the sense of follow my example. Right. You know, follow my lifestyle, but, you know, follow all my doctrines uh, that I came up with in the 16th century or whenever he was yeah. born. Uh, 17, I forget what it was. 16th when, century. 16th, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, a little further Ahead, behind uh, Paul. Yeah, yeah. So Paul was writing scripture a little bit different. Um, well, what, maybe Calvin should have said, "Follow me as I follow Augustine." <laughs> That's where he got his stuff. Yeah, which we're not. Oh boy, I, I don't even have that with there. Right, yeah. <laughs> Augustine, um, Origin. Right, all those people. Yeah. Um, not a fan of. But uh, what does First Peter two twenty one say? Says, for even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. Follow Christ's steps. That's his example. Yeah. That's what we're we're not following Calvin. How many yeah. times have you heard a Calvinist? We were just talking about this last night that I don't know if we want to throw out names, but R.C. Sproul Jr., yeah. you know, oh, yeah, R.C. Sproul's like, we just set off all kind of, you know, yeah. alarms <laughs> with all the uh, Calvinists. But his son gave his testimony and said that he was listening to a Bob Dylan song, yeah. Saved, <laughs> and like he had experiences and he couldn't really give you the gospel. And when it came time to quote something, he quoted the some... Um, what, the Conf- Westminster Confession, was it? Yeah. Or one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I'm like... That's, where's the Bible? Where's Where, the Bible? Why you, not? You get so full of all your learning that yeah. you don't even know what the, the basic uh, gospel well, is. Well, it reminds me of like Luther, in a sense, because he spent all those years learning church doctrine, church tradition, and he did all these things to cleanse himself. Right. And then one day he picks up the Bible and starts reading it. Right. And reads... The just shall live by faith. <laughs> and it changed everything for yeah, him. Right. right, and it should have. Yeah, and that's the thing is, so as Christians, our belief has to come from the Bible. If it doesn't, then throw it out because right. it's not worth having. Absolutely. So why don't we, we don't actually have a game this week, but um, we do have a little halftime thing. We'll take a little break. And when we come back, we will have, uh, well, when we come back from the break, we'll finish off the next three points. This is the Mike Charleston Show. All right, we are back. And normally at this time, we would have game time with Abigail, but we were just kind of busy and we really couldn't figure out a game that would fit Calvinism. Uh, and you know what? At the end of the day, it's... You would have won anyway. It was predetermined. <laughs> That's what people well, think. said we could do a game and it didn't matter what you pick. Like, you're going to be wrong because she's That's already right. predetermined who's going to win. No, that's not great. true. We, oh. I win the games fair and square. Oh, okay. Um, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that is true. When I win, we haven't cheated. No. Yeah, uh-huh. No. 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 So, yeah. Anyway, Inconceivable. So, so in this place, we haven't really talked about our weeks too much. And I know some people out there... Um, 
we still like it being a podcast, and uh, I know we do put it on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, thank you. Which, by the way, if you are listening, if you are exclusively uh, a podcast listener, I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. If you're on YouTube, go ahead and go to the YouTube thing and just subscribe. Just Because I, I, I was listening to someone else today, and when you get to 1,000 subscribers, you get... Uh, you get nothing. You get nothing. Not right now. You get a. You get a chance to. So you to, get nothing. Well, actually, you, you do lose. get something. No. Oh, okay. You do oh. get something. You, you kind of get a chance to make some money. Oh. Uh, by oh. advertising and all that, and I, I would be nice to raise a little bit of money here. Right. Help so with, uh, we're far away from a thousand, but I know we have some listeners. And honestly, if you could do us a, a, a nice little help there, just go to YouTube, subscribe. Even if you don't watch it, just go ahead and subscribe. Tell your friends. Yeah, tell your friends, friends and family. Tell them subscribed, and uh, if they don't have to watch it necessarily, but we just yeah. need to hit that thousand mark. And I know we're like. 800 away. So hey, we're getting there. Nah, yeah. nah, nah we, we got a long way to go. There hey, is they no can grow way. exponentially. Yeah, hopefully. Like hopefully one soon. person tells a friend, and then that friend tells two friends. And then yeah, you know, I think we got it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I got Mark. a great business plan. <laughs> and MLM. And, uh, but uh, so. Uh, Larry? Oh, wrong Larry. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. I'm still Larry. No. It's, uh, but no, Larry was, Larry's been working. He, he moved here and he bought a house and yeah. he is trying to fix it up. Yeah. We call Hopefully, it the firehouse. The firehouse because yeah. it was a fire. There it was, was a fire, fire there and he's going to fix it up, try to sell it. And yeah. if it doesn't sell, he's going to live in it. Yeah. And you had to put a big beam in it. We did. Yeah. This is kind of exciting. So the house... Between the living room and kitchen, there's a wall, a partial wall. Right. Anyway, it's a walkway. Yeah. Right. And we wanted to open it up, but that wall was a load-bearing wall. Yes. And you can't just take that out. So we had to uh, put a steel beam in. I could have done a wood. I was going to say, you don't have to have a steel beam, but right. right. You have to I have wanted, a beam. Yeah, I wanted to, because with the, when you do the wood, it's... it's um, you gotta have, yeah, it's, you do. So I wanted to do something. I wanted to make the opening... Shorter, or right. you know, have as much clearance as possible. That yes. doesn't make any sense, does it? Um, it does because <laughs> if it's wood, it'd probably have to be a, a two by twelve. Right, exactly. And, right, and so the beam is eight and a quarter inches. Right, so you're tall, saving so. four inches. Right, so you know you're carrying the ladder, you don't hit the wall. Yeah, right. and so for me, you know, I'm six three, whatever, and so having that extra four inches, it feels nice. So do you think I could hit the beam? I was in my room today, and I tried to jump to see if I could hit my head on the ceiling. Oh. <laughs> So see if I like can jump Like he really was trying, and I was like, yeah. would you really want to? Because like, if you hit your head, and then you go out and you have a headache, and you have to tell people, what were you doing? I was jumping, trying to hit my head on the ceiling. I just wanted to see how far, far, far I could jump. Then he's you know, asking if I could, I could and I'm like, no. But I was, I was kind of, no way. Yeah, I was a little close, but, uh, but anyways. I almost hit the fan. I mean, I was in the fan blades a little bit. It wasn't on. But uh, that was a marker. Oh, that would anyway, great. So if, anyway. if I'm at your house, I might have hit my head on the beam. Yeah, you would have. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so we had to we had um, somebody come and weld it. We they helped me put it in. The beam is is like 14 and a half feet long. Right. And it's you know eight and a half inch, eight and a quarter inches tall and four inches wide. It's pretty stout. And it's heavy. It's heavy. It's, very it's heavy. It's probably I don't know, 350, 400 pounds. I don't pounds. think so, Jim. So, <laughs> <laughs> so to put it up, it's like, well, how are we going to lift this? So I put, I screwed um, 
two by fours on the studs, and we just walked it up this way. Mm-hmm. And it worked out perfect. It was well. I thought you're a strong man. Yeah, I could lift it. In fact, uh, Josh, I, I heard I that you did lift yeah, it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow, that's pretty impressive. You know what the difference between a really strong man and a really, 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 really strong man is? What is it? It's uh, repetitions. No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Where's the fake laugh? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, so anyway, yeah. you get this thing up. Yeah, we got it up, and now, and I had to take all the temporary. Or I didn't have to. I did take all the temporary walls out because I had to build temporary walls right, to right, hold. Right. Yeah, anyway, yep. so it really looks nice. This is not it's, a construction show, but we right, do know right. construction yeah. a little bit. So yeah, the temp walls came down, and yeah. it was there, and you welded it in, and yep. everything was. Yeah, we had uh, some a friend come down and weld it. A friend? Yeah. It's, I think it's more than a friend. Well, yeah, I didn't know if he wanted me to mention. Oh, okay. it. it's Jeremiah, but I'm. So thanks, it's a different Jeremiah. Jeremiah. A yeah, different Jeremiah. Not my Jeremiah. Right. There's so many Jeremiahs we know. I know. <laughs> but uh, when I named my son Jeremiah, I thought he was the only Jeremiah. <laughs> Which isn't then, really as funny as when we named Abigail. Oh, Abigail, yeah. we thought this is going to be a rare, sure. rare uh, yeah, name. I know. name. No it's, one cares. Yeah. And now everyone knows It is kind of funny. We go to the shindig and it's like you call Abigail and like a dozen people. Right. Show up. Yeah. Joshua. Yeah, and Joshua and Jeremiah. Hannah. Yeah. We named all of our kids very common names, evidently. <laughs> but, you were uh, just the trendsetter. I guess I was. That's you right. know, 20 some years ago, I'm like, hey, I had the first Abigail. I had the first Rebecca. Come on. That's right. So, yeah. Um, but anyway, that's what's with the house. It's coming. Um, electrics, I think it's done. Jeremiah stayed up to almost one in the morning last Did night. He really? Oh, mm-hmm. yes. And he said it's done. Yeah, wow. Finished. Plumbing's done. Um, I got to do windows. Inconceivable. And, yes. Yeah, so it's it's coming along. Coming it's, along. It's exciting. Well, cool. It's exciting. Yeah, us, we, nothing really exciting going on. Uh, we just uh, went to a wedding and you got to do something new right. that you never did before. Alex. Yes, we yes. did. Uh, I did something I've never done before. Yeah, you ran sound. You yeah, and you Joshua were. did the Oh, yeah, we the did sound. the um, sound at the wedding. And yeah. the live stream. And the live stream. And uh, so, yeah, it was friends of ours out there in Lake Charles and uh, area. Yeah. And they wanted yeah. us to help out with that. And we no problem. So we... Brought all the equipment over there, and uh, I wanted to really DJ. All right, this oh, one's yeah, going yeah. out to the couple. Why don't we come on out here? But no, they, they didn't want any of that. So uh, They just didn't know what they were missing. That's right. No, they probably knew what they were missing. <laughs> that's exactly why they didn't want me doing it. So, But no, it was uh, it was fun. It, was it's fun. a wedding. You guys went out there, too. Yeah, yeah. So, so a no. very nice wedding. Yeah, nice it was very wedding. nice. It was outside. That's, you know, that that's the thing. Planning an outside wedding is difficult. Very because, difficult and risky. Yeah. Because it rained, I think, the night before. Yeah, and it was going to rain. It was supposed to rain that day. Yeah. Yeah. And it did, actually, later. Later, but yeah. Well, they thought it would be cold, so they had planned, like, wool vests for all the guys. Yeah. Anyway. It was like um, 80 degrees. Too much clothing for 80 (laughs) degrees. It was like, ooh, There was only one problem in the whole wedding. And there was a wedding crasher. Oh yeah, that was that was really funny. Was, we didn't know what to do. Yeah, so yeah, we're we're recording, and the photographer they're talking with us like, what can in the background over by the road? There's a there was a biker who just stopped. Bicyclist. Yeah. He's uh, wearing yeah. bright orange. Yeah, <laughs> he's just standing right there. And if you look on the camera, if you were looking on the live stream, he's right on the shoulder shoulder of the bride. <laughs> oh, bright serious? orange. Yeah, and I'm like, dude, get away! What is your problem? And he's just standing there. He folded his arms. He's looking, yeah. and I'm like, "What a loser!" I like, know. like, come on, man. What do you What do you think? So I'm, I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, was, the steam was coming out of my head." Uh-huh. And at one time, at one moment, I kind of just looked at him. You know, he's like a hundred yards away, maybe not hundred fifty yards yeah. away, and I just kind of went like this. 
And he kind of looked at, he kind of cocked his head like a dog would, you know, when you're like, do something funny. Huh? And then he walked away and I was like, was that, was that me? Did right. I do that? <laughs> Why didn't I do that 15 minutes you earlier? Said, That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I hear. Uh, it was but, pretty, I wonder how, I went to ask you about the sound because with the trucks and stuff coming by, that was that. Well, it's really hard to cover that up. Yeah, yeah it's going to show <laughs> up. I mean, we listened to a little bit, and it was in there. You know, yeah, it, yeah. It, that's outdoor wedding yeah. in the country by yeah. the road. <laughs> and so, but they, I was they, waiting for one of those trucks. I should have just. Oh yes, <laughs> that, that's I can only imagine that happening. But no, it was it, beautiful though, and yeah, I was. loved the was, string lights everywhere. No, it was beautiful, and they really did a good job of dressing up a warehouse, basically kind of yeah. like what we did. And but they did it. Even nicer, I thought, and yeah. it was yeah. uh, it was it's amazing what you can do just covering up stuff. Right, exactly. So yeah. they did a very good job with that, and they're almost done with their house. Their house is huge. Yeah, it's beautiful. A lot of space, and it looks really nice. And yeah. uh, so, anyway, you got a long way to go there, Larry. I know. Baby step. That's right. <laughs> Baby Start small. Step. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's about it. You have anything else to add? We're we're pretty much done. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right, Joshua. I want you to get out of, out of this segment, and then we'll be right back. Thank you for listening to the Mike Charleston Show. What's up? All right, we are back uh, to finish this off. We are what are, we left off at point number three. That's right. Which, by the way, consultants, if you are listening, we need to hear from you. We haven't heard from you in a while. I know you're listening. We know you're out there. I know that we haven't been doing anything everything perfectly. So uh, let us. Let, we need to hear from you. Uh, which, by the way, if you are want to be a part of the show, you just want to make a comment or have a question or anything, um, email the show. Yeah. At talk yeah. at fellowshipofbelievers.org. I believe that is it. That's it. Talk. That's it. Yes. Or you can go to the Facebook page. Oh, yeah. And uh, the Mike Charleston That's Show, Facebook, facebook.com slash uh, uh, Mike Charleston Show. Yeah. You can ask a question there. You can. There, we have a little community there. We're trying to build that. We only have like 100 people over there. So if you're on Facebook, join over there. And um, we're glad to have you over there. We don't really post much. We post the shows, but we might have some questions over there and oh, yeah. participate. So, But feel free to, to ask a question. All right. Number three. number three. We don't have a sounder for number three. The third reason why you're not a Calvinist. The third reason why I am not and why we are not a Calvinist. Yeah. Uh, it leaves man without personal responsibility. Yeah. Now, I think we covered a little, a little bit, bit in yeah. some of those other things, but uh, why don't we go ahead and read 2 Corinthians 5.10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. So we're going to have to give an account. Yeah. Uh, with the things that we've done in our body, right? Which leads up to Hebrews 4.13. It says, Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and opened unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. So we have to do with God. We're going to have yeah. to meet our maker, as they say, right? Yeah, that's right. And mm-hmm. give account for what we've done with the things that he's given us, which yeah. in our body. And we're going to have to, we, we're going to be held responsible. But it's not justice for us to be held accountable for something that we, we can't help. Right. There's, if you can't do anything about it, how can you be re- held responsible right. for it? If I'm so lost, if I'm totally depraved that every single decision I make is not a good one and that I can't make a good decision and I can't respond, I can't even respond to God's yeah. provision, then what is what kind of judge is that that right. won't, you know, he what? demands that I repent, but 
I have no ability to. You have no ability, and then you're not even elected to be saved in the first place. Right. right. So what? I mean, that gets into the the, the eternal decrees of God that right. the Calvinists say, and like, well, then what is the point of any of this? Right. It well, what, doesn't what make the, any sense. Well, right. that's going to get run down to one of our other reasons, which is fatalism. Yeah. But we'll, we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that is, that's a huge problem. To me, I well, think that it, the, God, the, the wonderful thing about the gospel and one thing about God's sovereignty, the way that he set it up and it doesn't destroy his sovereignty at all, is that the, the human race is full of sin. Right, like we right. have sinned. We have personally all sinned and we have fallen short of the glory of God. And yet he still, in his loving kindness, while we were yet sinners, I know it doesn't say that in the King James, while, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. It didn't say right. while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the elect. Right, exactly. He yeah. died for sinners, people who have sinned against God. Yeah. We've made a conscious decision to go against God, right. and we've sinned. And he loved us so much that he said, hey, I'm going to provide a way out. I'm going to pr- provide a way for you so you don't have to go to hell because he doesn't. We, hell was originally created for the devil Seven and his angels, angels. Yeah. not for humans. But anyway, were you going to say something? Well, I was going to say this goes back to your first point. If God is love, right? Part of love is you have the other person has to have the choice to reciprocate that love. Yep. Otherwise, it's not love at all. It's forced. Right. That's why I was and, trying to. I was listening to a guy earlier this week, and he was talking about a gift. If you know the free gift of God, right. right? Salvation is. And if you force someone to have a gift, it's no longer a gift. No, it's something forced upon them. Right. Which would be like weird. Like I, I don't know. Like what kind of gift would be forced? But love. If love is forced, it ceases being love. love. <laughs> yeah, right. it's no longer love. It's. <laughs> I mean, there. Tyranny. Yeah, and love me or else. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, well, and. It, if God created us where we could do nothing else, then why wouldn't He create us where we would could only love Him and do right? Right. That would be. It would have made more sense. Yeah, that would have made more sense. Well, <laughs> but once again, His ways are higher than our ways, yeah. and His um, logic goes out the window. Right, right, right. <laughs> so we have Romans two also. So what what was Romans two? We didn't have a verse there, but you were just talking about Romans two. Oh, because I mentioned Romans two. Yeah, when right. we were talking, you uh, mentioned it, and I was like, "Well, I'll just put it." I don't know if you can't want to forget why it. I mentioned Romans two. There was something in Romans two about personal responsibility. Um. Yeah, I, I can't think of it now. Yeah, I got what, something to say. Yeah, but I don't. Sorry. Yeah, I just put that note down, but forgot what the note was. That's why I need to expand a little bit more. Well, but the thing is, like the whole giving account, we believe that I'm going to stand before God and give an account for what I did because I chose, just like we were talking about last week with the choices. It's right, like, right. I have choices. I can choose to follow Christ. I can choose not to. I can choose to submit to you or I can choose not to. Right. And so I'm going to give an account for the choices that I make and it's not, predetermined and it's not I have a choice. Right. That's, yeah, you have a real choice. I don't understand I don't understand why they would think it's a work or anything that if I participate in this. Like if I have a part to play and I don't even think it's a part to play by just believing right. what Christ has done. You know, just the simple message of the gospel, just believing that hey, he sent his son for for my sin. Right. And by believing that, it actually sets me free and saves me. Like, wow, shocking, you know, but well, actually believing as a work is weird. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, if you choose to believe and follow God, does that take away from his sovereignty? Not at all. And if you choose to not believe God and walk away from him, does that, right. that doesn't affect his sovereignty at all either. He's already sent a provision, like we read in right. Romans. It's yeah. unto all. 
yeah. but only upon all them that believe. So it's like it's unto everyone, and but it's only there for those that want to believe, you yeah. know. And but he's and, not going to force it upon you. No, like it, irresistible grace, right? <laughs> it, it's just it, it's anti scripture and it's it's anti everything. It doesn't make sense. Uh, so anyway, let's go to number four. Then the fourth reason I am not a Calvinist is it destroys the main incentive for missions. Now, this is not a big one, I'll admit. You know, I'm like, okay, you know, whatever. Um, but honestly, if I'm a true Calvinist and I believe that God is going, everything is preordained, right. predetermined, and he's going to call those that he calls, and he loves who he loves, and he hates who he's going to hate, and he, he gets to choose who gets to be saved and choose who goes yeah. to hell, why would I tell anybody? Well, yeah. No point. The incentive That's, goes out the window. Yeah, the illogical conclusion is those are going to be saved anyway. Yeah, and not so saying that, um, you know, like Todd Friel, who, yeah. who I've listened to as Witness Wednesdays, right. he's a yeah. Calvinist, and he's, he would say, because God tells us to, that's why we need to do it. But I'm right. like, why? If, why? He, if he's going to make you, and if I don't go, then all we can say is God didn't make me. Right. And so it's... And are you going to lose your salvation if you don't? Right. Because no, of if you're not. already pre elected. Right. All these things are already yeah, it's, happened. Like we said before, you know how it's God's will if it happens. Yeah, and I'm right. like, well, that's ridiculous. So I can, you have the frozen chosen and, that's and right. that is, uh, that's that's a real saying for Calvinists yeah. who just sit on their butts and don't do anything. Yeah. And I think this is the biggest reason why in, in homeschool circles, this becomes more prevalent in homeschool circles than elsewhere because homeschool homeschoolers are already uh, being more cloistered, yeah. they, they they pull in, yeah. they withdraw from the world, and yeah. then they start reading and they start studying different doctrines, and they pull in even more because ooh, there's sin out there, right. there's there's bad things out there, and then they, they they're like we're the frozen chosen, we're the chosen ones becomes a very arrogant thing that yeah. hey we're the called, and why do I need to reach out to this world? And yeah. in fact, the reason why we reach out to this world is because God wants us to. God wants to demonstrate yeah. His love through us, yeah. and 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 we're we play a part in this, not because we get any extra points like in Mormonism or, right, exactly, or Jehovah yeah. Witness. The more we witness, the more, uh, well, I guess we do get rewards in heaven, but, right, the, but we get not, more of a salvation. Right. But yeah. no, no, no. It's because we love. We, we, we love like God loves, so I want to see people go to heaven. Right. So right. there's the incentive to share your faith with others. If there's no, it destroys the incentive. Now it's not the main the main reasons, but it's it's just a fourth one that we came up with. Well, and it's really hard to witness to me. I feel like if I can't tell somebody that God loves them, right. and when I actually talked to somebody who had been a Calvinist before, they said that's what they were taught was you don't just tell people Jesus loves you. I don't know if He loves right, you. Exactly. He, he <laughs> might. He might. He might. But that's I'm weird. not sure. And I'm like, what in the world? Like I just can't imagine that thought that you know Jesus doesn't love you. He yeah, so your witnessing would be, you might be one of the elect and you just, I, I, hopefully this conversation will spark faith, but hopefully, I don't know why I'm hopeful because I we it's can't control this. Right. <laughs> right, and you don't know. You, you Even yourself, you don't know if you're one of the elect. It's amazing to me how, we. I know families that are Calvinists and they assume their kids are Calvinists, are not Calvinists, but they, they assume their kids are one of the elect. Right. Well, mm -hmm. how do you know? And how do you know you are? Well, right. generally, the elect are 
children of other elect. That <laughs> right, seems to be it's a funny thing how that happens. Yeah, it's but which comes up to another point where they they come up with a thing called covenant theology, yeah. and that's a very dangerous teaching too, which is kind of goes along with this fourth point where it destroys the main incentives for mission and where we were talking about R.C. Sproul Jr. Yeah. and his, his testimony. But covenant theology comes up with, through the Calvinists, basically if, because God has elected us and saved us, then there's a covenant between us and our children because right. they want their children to be mm-hmm. saved. Well, that's very dangerous. God doesn't have grandchildren. Right, exactly. He yeah. has children, and yeah. our children have to have faith in Christ. They have to have faith in the blood, just like we do. On, on their own. On their own. And their own apart choosing. Apart from us. Yeah. Now, we may play a part in that. And and how terrible is that if one of your kids aren't saved and you just say, well, because God just didn't choose them. Yeah, he just didn't choose them. Yeah. I'm like, ouch. You know, well, and really, if you think about it, if you have a large family, then you have to understand that at least a portion of them are not going to be elected. Well, why not? It's just, it's just his good pleasure. So maybe maybe your family is a lucky one. Uh, maybe, but you get again, 100%. The, the, <laughs> you, there's no way of knowing. No, you won't. Yeah, that's well, that's the, the other thing. We were talking about the, the soils. Uh, the the perseverance of the saints the um, when you have the the soils where the ones that sprung up right Calvin's understanding of that scripture is actually disturbing it is very disturbing when he says those people were so bad for some reason because God made them so bad that they sprung up and so they have a hope that they're going to be saved, but God's going to cut them out at the very end. And so all the Calvinists out there have got to believe that what if they're one of the apostates, and what if they're not really truly saved? So where's the 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 comfort? Where's the assurance that they have? have? You have to endure to the end, yeah. and if you don't, that must mean you're not one of the elect. Right. And uh, so anyway, let's, let's move on because we're running out of time. But oh, yeah. uh, number five, the fifth reason, and I know this is silly— and I'm not really meaning this to be silly, it is honest. Yeah. But if Calvinism is true, then I was predestined to believe this. Right. And why be angry with you right. for exposing this when you had no choice? I don't yes. understand when Calvinists get in arguments. Right, exactly. <laughs> what are you, why are you trying to persuade me? They say, what's well, a means? Maybe it's a means. You don't know this. And I'm like, so you're just deciding you wanted to get in an argument. That's right. all. Come on, man. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, if I was... If you don't like what I'm saying, well, take it up with God because I'm predestined to say this. Yeah. I don't believe that, yeah. but that's what they believe, and I, I don't believe that. So, um, you know, if true, then I was predestined to believe this. I told a friend of mine once that uh, if Calvinism is true, I don't want to believe in that God. And he was right. like, oh, man, I wouldn't say that because what if Calvinism is true? And I said, if Calvinism is true— then I had no choice in what say what I should yeah, say. Exactly, he, it was already predetermined. Right, that God's <laughs> eternal decrees. So way if back I was a believer yeah. and I just blasphemed, then God made me blaspheme, or He made me a believer and then made me a believer that blasphemed. So maybe I'm one of those people that sprung yeah, up and and didn't endure to the end. That's right. And I'm like, this is this is <laughs> it's bizarre. Truly, you have a dizzying <laughs> intellect. Yes, I know. <laughs> I'm just getting started. <laughs> so this is I, I. I was predestined to believe these things if Calvinism is true. So. Stop arguing with us, yeah. you know. So right. save your comments because it's like, why are you getting worked up? God dec- decreed this from the beginning of time that this was going to happen. Yeah. So oh, you shouldn't get upset. And this is where it kind of goes. One of your dis- one of your beliefs, uh, one of your reasons down here, Larry, 
um, is that they don't believe their own doctrine. They don't. So, you know, I know a family that's kind of Calvinistic here, and they had an issue in a church, and it's like they got upset. I'm like, why would you get upset? Yeah, what's the— He cannot help himself. He's a sinner. Yeah. And he's obviously not one of the elect. One, he's totally depraved, so why would you expect anything else? Right. And two, if he's not one of the elect, then again, why would you expect him to do anything else? Right. He's he's a child, so he's, he's a sinner. And, and he's, he, maybe he's one of the elect in the future, but right now he's not acting like that. Yeah, and you're maybe all God upset. hasn't planted that faith seed or whatever they call it to give him the faith to believe to be. Right. In, Obviously, because yeah, he's not. Exactly. <laughs> so they don't actually believe well, what they teach. Yeah, and the other thing is, like you mentioned, Todd Friel is like, well, why go out and preach? Why go witness when you know? And he, Todd, says, well, because God told us to. Well, okay, well, you're being obedient to what God said, but in the end, why? Right. You're not going to lose anything. They're not going to gain anything. So why do it? It's just a waste of time. Well, because God used him as the means to reach out to someone. But But yeah, if the word went out and didn't create faith in 2010, then in 2022, hearing it again, why didn't it do it the first time? Right, exactly. Why didn't I get saved the first time that I heard the message? Why did it take... Because God's ways are higher than our ways. I'm just tired of hearing <laughs> what that. What a cop out. Yeah. Right. Well, the other thing is, too, that I, although what Abigail said last night, we were talking about this, how somebody looked at their newborn baby and said, oh, what a wicked sinner. Right. You know, That's and, very common. Right. But most people don't do that. Aww. That's, yeah. I mean, you don't look at a, a newborn, especially, and think, what a wicked sinner. You deserve hell. That right. doesn't. Based on what? Yeah, based on what? That doesn't make any sense. It's right. That's that. That goes against the justice and yeah, and, and the love of God. Right. Like mercy. And, well, and then one of your other reasons here is that for Larry, you know, he's talking. It leads to fatalism. Or, yeah, it does. Yeah. Or nihilism or nihilist. Um, yeah. Fatalism, which wow. is basically That's a lot like, of words. Are those all yeah, the well, same thing? Yeah, basically. They, okay. they Christianize it by they call it divine determinism. Right. Because in Calvinism, that's the eternal decrees that God decreed these things before time, way back in eternity past, which in itself doesn't make any sense because... Well, them and the uh, Muslims should get together because exactly. the Muslims believe the same thing, that if it happens, it's God's will. Yeah. They say Allah decreed wow. it. And, and if it happened. And, and, and so it's like, well, it, you guys believe the same thing, man. God just... Because it happens, it's God's will. And, uh, but I know people don't believe that. And uh, uh, if they're being honest with themselves, they're like, no, you know, I don't think that abortion is God's will, you know, or I don't think murder and rape and all that is God's will. But yet in theology, once once they step into the classroom, (laughs) it it changes everything. And they're like, oh, yes, it is God's will because we're depraved. And you added a third one. I did. Calvinism is another gospel. It is another gospel. Yeah, it is. Um, I believe so. Yeah. And what did Paul say in Galatians? If somebody comes. cursed. Right. Yep, if they preach another gospel. In fact, Paul said that three times in Galatians chapter 1. Right, and Calvinists come across as, like, I I got in a discussion with my daughter once, and like, oh, they they really magnify the the work of Christ on the cross. And I'm like, there's there's no doubt. I I would agree with that, and it's his work. But they go so far to the extreme where I'm not even— participating in this at all. Like, right. I have no choice in the matter, which means you have to think of the negative side of that. And that yeah. is a huge problem, You're, which attacks God's character, which means he just, for his own good pleasure, decides he's going to create billions of people that hate him yeah, <laughs> and that he's going to send to hell and he's going to judge them just because he, for, for, it makes, makes him happy. Yeah, that's, 
Twisted. That's weird. That's twisted. Well, I bought this. I don't know if you want to read it. The Calvin. Read it. <laughs> not, yeah, yeah we're going to read this on air right now. No. <laughs> That's like 800 pages. <laughs> but no, it's Calvinism. Calvin, John Calvin, this is his writing. Right. This and comes his, from uh, the other side of Calvinism by Vance. Yeah. Uh, it's a it's a good read. It's a very big book, but uh, go ahead. Right. Read. It's a good read, actually. I read this. Yeah, we so before you read this, we did we we left out a lot of scripture and yeah. a lot of quotes that we could have done because this is a big subject. It is a yeah. And uh, other people that are more qualified, like uh, Leighton Flowers, you know, covers this in depth. He goes for hours on one one verse, and um, you know, so we we want to just give an overview and just talk about it and maybe uh, wake up some people out there yeah. that um, are are thinking about going down this road. And maybe we'll do that with Hebrew roots too next. But anyway. Oh yeah. Well, so this is a contrast between the Apostle Paul, his version, his gospel, mm. and John Calvin. Oh so, right, right, right. So in First Corinthians fifteen, this is Paul speaking. It says, "For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures." Right. So that's basically the gospel in a nutshell. Yep. Nutshell. Yep. According to Paul. Now, in contrast, this is. John Calvin. This is from John Calvin, um, his writing on um, the doctrines or institutes. institutes right. for, yeah. We call predestination God's eternal decree by which he compacted with himself what he willed to become of each man. For all are not created in equal condition. Rather, eternal life is foreordained for some, eternal damnation for others. Therefore, as any man has been created to one or the other of these ends, we speak of him as predestinated to life or death. Yeah. So that was um, that was Calvin's version of the gospel. Right. There's no good news in that. Not any it's, good news yeah. unless you happen to be one of the elect. And right. how do you know that you're one of the elect? Because you're if saved. You're, if you, yeah, if you endure. <laughs> and you endure to the and, and so honestly, what they try to do is say this is all God's work, but in the end, it leads to works where... You hope you're one of those that endures, because what if you you say, well, do you doubt? Now, I don't doubt that I'm I'm saved, and I'm not going to leave the faith right. and all that. But we've known some people that have, and yeah. you know, seemingly go down that road. And Calvin would say, well, they were just those that sprung up, and and they're lost forever. And, and there's no uh, hope for. Them. And, yeah. In fact, in the Calvinism, there is no hope at all, because in in the end, nobody knows who's saved and who's not. Right. Pretty you much nothing matters. No, and nothing matters. Because so, you can't uh, help it anyway. Right. It's but, like, wow, that's a, that's very comforting to know that you have truly, no hope. you have a dizzying <laughs> intellect. <laughs> yeah, it's just bizarre. So. And how many times so, did Paul too. say that you may know? Right. I yeah. mean, you look at that's throughout his writings. That's the wonderful thing about the gospel is that yeah. we can know these things. Right. I. I know I'm going to heaven because of the faith I have in what God said. Right. You know, that's the that's the the, the security that I have is that yeah. because of what Christ said, because of what he has done, right. not yeah. because of what I've done, not because of who I am, you know, Christ has made me something in him, but it's not because, oh, I'm the elect now, so therefore I'm good now. No, it's because you believe what he said. Right. It's it's totally based on yeah. our faith and our belief, yeah. and not just because I'm one of the elect. But anyway, uh, so like I said, I keep plugging this guy, but Leighton Flowers over on Soteriology 101. If you want more of this subject, right. he yeah. does. He goes in depth. He's got a YouTube channel and all that. But it, it, he's 
He's very good on this subject. He used to be a Calvinist, yeah. which uh-huh. uh, makes them really mad. Yeah. But why? But it was predestined. <laughs> yeah. Why? Happened. Why would it make you mad, man? This God wants to play the game. Yeah. You know, He's like, hey, I want you to believe the correct way, and then not believe the correct way. Right. Well, then, the other thing is, when you read the Bible, set aside your doctrinal bias and just read what right. it says and accept it for what it says. Well, that's the other point we didn't make earlier, and now we're in, so most people oh, are out yeah, now, probably. Sorry, yeah. But it was. Um, these people, the Reformation came straight out of the Catholic Church. Right. They yeah. had a lot of bad doctrines. A lot of people had yeah. Augustine yeah. as their main theologian. Right. And uh, Augustine was not very good at Bible doctrine. No. And so a, a lot of the reformers got a lot of this from the Catholic Church. And um, the the Anabaptists, the Baptists, were the only ones that weren't really from the Catholic Church, right. and they, they sprung their own thing. But all the Reformers, they tried to reform the Catholic Church, and so people like uh, Luther and all of them, yeah. uh, they kept infant baptism. Yeah, you know? well, so did Calvin. Right. They, they, yeah. they believed in infant baptism. Well, they also believed in predestination. So you know, are they right on everything? No. <laughs> you know, and they're like, oh, well, this, this one's biblical. Really? It's just as biblical as infant baptism. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so anyway, that's that is our five reasons, and maybe we'll give five reasons why we're not uh, Sabbath keepers oh, next yeah. week or something like that. So anyway, that's yeah. well, Joshua. Anything else we need to talk about? We have a new setup. We can't see it on the camera, but oh, he's yeah. right over there now, so it makes it we could see everything. It's, it's, it's nice to see him. Yes. Because yeah. usually he's way over there, and I can't see through all the lights. But now right. it's like, hey, he's right there. He's just chilling like a villain over there. So. <laughs> All right. Well, let us get out of here. We will see you next week. Uh, the, the holidays are upon us. So whatever you do, uh, I hope you keep it safe and encourage your family members when you get together. I know there's probably unbelievers that are in your yeah. midst and uh, be a good example and uh, preach the gospel. Love on your family and be safe. And we'll see you next week. Hi, I'm Joshua Charleston, the producer for The Mike Charleston Show. If you enjoyed listening to the show, please help us spread the word by liking, subscribing, sharing, leaving a review, or just tell a friend. If you're watching on YouTube, feel free to leave a comment down below. If you'd like to be a part of the show, please email us at talkatfellowshipofbelievers.org. We look forward to hearing from you. We hope you enjoyed listening to The Mike Charleston Show. The Mike Charleston Show.